Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Monday, December 14th of 2020. I'm joined today by uh, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando, and we are so happy to come together and start this week in the Word. We'd like to take the time to um, welcome all of our listeners wherever you are uh, tuning in from. Uh, what an honor to have you uh, be with us and share uh, some of your time to be able to examine the Word of God, study it, and be able to glean of what God is saying. This is the beginning of the beginning of the week, and we are excited, as always, to get into the Word of God. We pray that you have had a pleasant weekend with your families, that you have found some rest, and now uh, we begin a new week. We're literally at the footsteps of 2021. Uh, this year has been a year like no other, at least not in our lifetime, that we have seen uh, a change, a shift, or as the people say today, a global reset that is taking place. And that's why we're looking at the scriptures in this hour, because we want to find answers. We want to know what God is saying in this hour. We want to know what to do in this hour, not just understand, but what to do in this hour. That's why we're excited uh, to be together and to be able to glean from the holy, eternal word of God. So let's get ready to study the word of God. Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you today to share what God has placed in your heart as we begin our study on this Monday, as we study the Word of God together. Amen. Looking forward to another week in the Lord. As you said, we are closing in on 2020 incredibly fast. And uh, it is now much more important than ever, probably since we started, like Brother Jeremy said, that we continue to press into the Word of God and look for uh, the leading of the Spirit as we head into the days ahead. Uh, we're looking forward to this week. We have some uh, some some really um, feel led of our in our spirit to really uh, approach some subjects this week that uh, I think we need to pay attention to. One of them is going to be the uh, the the great conjunction they call it. It's a uh, it's a moving of Jupiter and Saturn into a a conjunction, so that it's going to look like when you look up in the sky uh, as one giant star, they said it'll be so bright that even if it's a cloudy night, you'll be able to see the light through the clouds. This is a, an event that's about to take place. Uh, let's see in seven days on, on the 21st, which just so happens to fall on the winter solstice. They're calling it in the press, the, uh, the Christmas star. Uh, but in my research over the last couple of weeks, we've, you know, I've come to find out some things. Uh, that I think we're going to uh, to point out about these signs that are taking place in the heavens, and and this star may be appearing around Christmas time, but it is anything but the Christmas star, and we'll we'll explore that as we go on in the week. I think you'll find it incredibly fascinating, and quite possibly what it is that the Lord is revealing from the heavens to us and allowing us to see. Again, remember we were told that uh, information would begin to be opened up to us in these last days that uh, that will help to guide us and prepare us for what lies ahead. It's awful ironic, by the way, brothers. This is happening uh, right at the close of 2020. I was I, I did a little uh, a little teaching on what I'm talking about right now yesterday in our Instagram broadcast, and uh, and it, it it really caused a lot of people to be to be 
<laughs> to be really uh, impacted by uh, by what we were sharing, what we believe the Lord is is revealing. So I'm looking forward to to taking our time on that this week. It might take a couple days. It might go off in one day. I don't know. But we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about the differences between the star that the wise men saw in Matthew chapter 2 and the star that we're about to see. So don't let anyone tell you it's the same the same star that they saw, because it's not. And we're going to dig into that and, and, uh, and lay out a case for you for what we believe the Lord is saying going forward. So be in prayer. We're looking forward to that. And today we're going to get back into Daniel uh, chapter 6, and we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to tell us concerning that. So, uh, Brother Jeremy, uh, would you open your Bible, please, to Daniel chapter 6? And those of you that are listening, uh, we look forward to uh, to having you follow right along with us. Oh, and once again, uh, you know, wherever you feel led, you know, we encourage you to share these podcasts, encourage your friends to share them, pass them on. We believe that uh, that there's much in these podcasts going all the way back to March um, that that could quite possibly benefit and bless those who desire to have some answers to the times as well as uh, enter into deeper Bible studies. And we and we thank you for for all of you who have written us, texted us, sent messages to us. We, we feel you out there, and we feel your prayers as you are in ours. So, Brother Jeremy, would you mind uh, beginning to read for us today as we get into our subject, Daniel chapter six, verse one through four, in Jesus' name. Amen. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Incredible. Verse 4, uh, it says there that they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Praise God. Now, listen, uh, we're, we're picking up the story. Those of you who were with us last week, we, we closed out um, uh, last week with Daniel recalculating the time frame that he found himself in and the children of Judah um, in, in Babylon and a transition of global power had now taken place. There was, we're using the modern day language, but it really was a global reset that took place in this time. And as we discussed previously on Friday in Daniel chapter nine, Daniel had become alarmed because they had not been released uh, as of yet uh, from their captivity. And in his understanding, uh, they were supposed to be, released and returned back to Israel after 70 years of captivity were over. But they were still there. When we pick up the story in Daniel chapter 6, Babylon has now been diminished and a new global power uh, had, had assumed uh, its position on the world stage, the, the power of the Medes and the Persians. And 
And so this confused Daniel because they were still in captivity in Daniel 9. Daniel described how he was searching the prophecies of the prophet Jeremiah uh, precisely because they were still there. And and then he realized that, that their calculations or his calculations were off. He had assumed that the initial deposing of King Jehoiakim uh, began uh, the 70-year count. However, the count was to begin not at Jehoiakim being deposed, but when the temple and Jerusalem were to be destroyed. That's what he, he, he came to understand. And, and as we read and, and talked about on, on Friday, it required the angel Gabriel to come and to give him understanding and skill. And so what he realized and what he had revealed to him was his timing was off. His understanding of 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 the prophecies was correct, but the timing was off, uh, and and quite significantly so, because it would be about 18 years from Daniel chapter six until uh, they were going to be let go. And and so Daniel comes up under this this global reset, and and he begins to settle in because he now has received correct understanding as it pertains to the prophecies of Jeremiah. And and one of the things that I was thinking about, brothers, and just jump in any time as we go along in the study today, but because what we're looking for is 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 what is ahead of us. As we're closing out the year and we're heading into 2021 and beyond, we need to be students of the word and search the prophecies just like we've been commanded to do in these kinds of times. So that we can reflect and see, you know, what is lying ahead for us. And we're drawing uh, information from the pattern, the prophetic parallel and the prophetic pattern that, that appears to be repeating itself in our time. And so what Daniel had revealed to him was, yes, Babylon has now been diminished. And so there was an anticipation, not only amongst him, but amongst the people, I'm sure, okay, 70 years is up. And when the prophecy wasn't fulfilled exactly like he thought it would be, it really began to alarm him and trouble him. And that's what Daniel chapter 9 was all about. It's really a postscript early on. He's basically describing to us in Daniel chapter 9, for those of you who want to go back and look at it, what he set about to do and how he came to understand the exact time that they were to be let go. And he realized that the very thing that 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 he had misunderstood was it wasn't when the captivity began or when the kings had been deposed that God's counting and reckoning of them was when the temple in Jerusalem itself were destroyed and so he got light which is encouraging to us because what that tells us is that when prophetic times are being fulfilled a lot of times uh, there will come a, a bit of confusion and 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 I think in Daniel's case we can learn from that because there's right now we were talking before we began recording. There's a lot of people out there, good godly people that are, that are confused. They're, they don't really understand what's happening. Many of them have understood prophecy from a pers particular perspective. And now things are, are transpiring that is causing them to become alarmed and, and confused and, and, uh, and, and wondering what's, what's actually happening. 
but from the story of Daniel that he experienced the same thing and precisely in the same way. What we see in Daniel's time is is the ascendancy of 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 global power of of the known world of that day coming up underneath global empires, global systems. All of them had unique characteristics to them. And for the serious Bible student, you understand that what is being revealed in the beginning is 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 what will transpire and is transpiring right now. And that is why we believe that 2020 was so unique and is and has been and continues to be unique in, in, in Bible history as we understand it in the unfolding of the last 2,000 years. There are several reasons, really, but one of them is that we are a completely interconnected world. The entire world is connected now. And so events that occur in Paris are known instantly in, in L.A. or New York or wherever you might find yourself living. We're, we're interconnected. But also in 2020, as we know, the entire world has been reset and come up under a complete shift. And what we're really witnessing is the struggle over nations and powers. We talked about that in Daniel chapter 7, when he saw the four winds, as he describes it, Daniel chapter 7, striving on the great sea. And what would come up first uh, and, and be brought to his attention was the diminishing of the Babylonian empire, a foreshadow, we believe, of what we see happening right now concerning the United States of America. And so for those of you who might be confused by that statement, go back and start uh, on, on Monday or Tuesday, I think it was, of last week, as we dealt with those things, uh, particularly the podcast entitled Lions and Bears and the Great Global Reset. Go back and listen to that, and that, that statement won't, won't uh, confuse you so, so very much. But So what we're seeing here is that a global transition is necessary. So we step back from that and we view our times and what's happening right now and understand it in that context because it's global in nature. It's not an event that happened over in Russia or just in China or over in Italy. Or It's happened everywhere at the same time now. We're all up under this thing. And as we come to the close of 2020, we are witnessing the diminishing of, of a global state the last remaining superpower of, of a bygone era that ascended to its power back in 1950, roughly around that. And so it's been a dominant power for approximately 70 years. And if the pattern flows and fits correctly, then what we are witnessing is exactly and precisely what was predicted to happen, the diminishing of one that had the characteristics of the Babylonian Empire and the giving way to a new global reality. That's what we see happening in Daniel chapter 6. The Babylonians diminish, a new global reality sets in, Darius becomes the figurehead. And so Daniel came to understand that, that they weren't going to be let out precisely when they thought they were, and that they needed to settle in now for what was just ahead. And in his vision and what he actually begins to see uh, and what was revealed to him, it all suddenly begins to make sense. What he had been shown in the very first year of Belshazzar was just that fact, that there would be a succession of global kingdoms, ultimately leading to the rise of the one that he called the little horn, right? The type of the Antichrist. It's how we know that we are living in, in those times today. All the component pieces that were predicted by the prophets are beginning to come together. 
the framework has been has been applied around the planet and has been so uh, coming uh, really in essence for the last uh, several decades. But as soon as 2020 hit and we got into January and February here in America, everything shifted and has not changed since. It's just been one crazy event after another after another. And now as we close out the year, it's quite possible that what we're witnessing is is the same pattern repeat itself, the diminishing of a global empire and a global reset. That's what Daniel experienced. And once he understood it as it pertained to Bible prophecy, he settled in and began to to uh, pursue God and and began to live his life up underneath that. But he had to come to understand that. Now, the same is going to happen to a lot of people. <laughs> We're going to understand uh, as, as we go along. But one thing to note is this, you know, a lot of times when people study these stories, they think, oh, that means, you know, the Medes and the Persians came in and they just destroyed the whole country, right? No, well, they didn't. They basically took over the capital city and deposed the current king. And so we have to understand that Daniel is still safe when we pick up chapter six. And so are the people in captivity. They're still safe. And so that seems to indicate there's going to be a lull in the transition of power. And that we don't need to be afraid here. We just need to understand it. And we need to conduct ourselves accordingly. So it's with that in mind that we begin to to review what to look for, what happened on this transition of power, because it's going to tell us uh, what we what we can expect. Brother Jeremy, could you read uh, verse 1 again? Chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Again, so what we're seeing here is a reset from a previous power to a new power, both of them global in nature, all of them carry with them the spirit of, of, of Antichrist as revealed in Revelation 13. It's a global reset. It's a global shift in power, the diminishing of one, the giving way to another. And, and so what we see that immediately happens when the transition of power takes place is it's something that's going to affect, as Brother Jeremy just read, the whole kingdom. So what does Darius first do? Like Brother Jeremy just read, Darius moves to set over the kingdom 120 princes, uh, which would be governors, if you will, over the entire world of that day, the whole kingdom. So the first thing we can expect going forward, should we be right here and this transition of power takes place? Because understand this, and maybe you guys want to jump in here. Uh, what we are seeing... Uh, we believe, uh, and if our timing is, is correct, and, and maybe uh, I, I just I just believe that it is. I'm not saying I'm dogmatic. The Lord has told me this, but everything that we're looking at in the Word seems to be heading us in this direction. Now, try as they might, I am not really confident that we are going to see what what many in the in the American church want to see. They think that if they can continue to install President Trump as their leader, that everything's going to be all right. I'm not sure that's the case. And I think what we're being told in Scripture, based on the visions that we've been discussing over the last several podcasts, is that 
that no matter what's going to happen here, a, a diminishing is coming. And and it's quite possible that we're there right now. We're only days away now. Today they're meeting across state houses in the United States, already moving to uh, to seat the electors uh, that will declare the the new president of the United States. And those of you who have a chance to listen uh, to this podcast on the day that we're we're, we're giving it, uh, pay attention uh, to what you're going to see on the news today, because what you'll see from the global elite media that governs our our, our nation now is they're all going to be saying that uh, Biden's elected president. It's a foregone conclusion. It's over. Today, the Electoral College has voted. But yet there is a lot still being contested. Remember this, that it doesn't matter whether they seat the electors or not today to declare uh, who's president or who's not president. The key day uh, to pay attention to will be January the 6th, 2021, and January the 20th. On the 6th, what the state houses are doing today will have to be ratified in the United States Congress in January. So that's an important day to pay attention to. And then, of course, January the 20th, which is the definitive date by constitutional law, uh, an amendment through the House, that that uh, the president will have to be sworn in and take the oath of office. So brothers and sisters, we're just several days away, and much is being contested. We're not trying to get into too many scenarios here today, but it's a time to really be praying. Either way, the outcome uh, and 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 the troubling of the waters, if you will, is what what we see lying ahead. But should the transition of power take place now, which I think it's going to, and and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I'm not saying the Lord told me, but I just think. And and if it if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen in the next in the not too many distant days ahead. So I'm not hedging my bets here. I'm just trying to be responsible with what we're teaching. But we're trying to point out that the, the greater truth is this. It's coming. It's begun. And it's going to increase with intensity. And the first thing they're going to do is what we see here in Daniel chapter 6, when the transition of power from one global empire to the next reset of a global nature takes place, what's the first thing that Darius does? The first thing that we see is he begins immediately uh, restructuring the government from the capital city of Babylon. He begins to restructure the government. That's literally what it means when he now sets over the kingdom a whole new administration. 120 princes is how it's described here. But it's global in nature. It's tied to a global agenda because it's over the whole kingdom, which is the known world of that day. It has come up underneath a system. And so what we can anticipate, should the transition take place, like we said, is a complete and quick restructuring, not only of the United States, but of the entire planet, a global reset. That's what they're saying, at least. And we see the same thing happening here with Daniel. How they do it is with laws that are global. And and, and more than likely, I foresee it, you're going to see... Uh, see it move through the United Nations as it pertains to the rest of the world. It might emanate from old Europe, and it'll be in conjunction with China, the dragon, as we call it, and that's their symbol, by the way. But but it's it's actually after the diminishing of Babylon that this takes place, and immediately Darius moves to restructure everything. I think that's what we're going to see coming. Now, it's it, it's this restructuring 
that that we then begin to see in verse 4 what begins to happen as they've already instituted a restructuring of the government is verse 4. Can you read verse 4, Brother Jeremy? Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. It's really quite interesting because uh, they move uh, uh, move in a political way in verse 4. Because right away what we begin to see is the power struggle. The presidents and the princes um, are seeking an occasion to move against Daniel concerning the kingdom now. That's political. Right away we see a power struggle taking place. The issue really is one of a high level of bureaucracy, right? It's the bureaucracy of the kingdom. It's the government structure of the kingdom. And it's moving at a high level. And really what's being determined here is <laughs> is, is who's going to be able to, to run freely in it and, and control it. What they, what they set out to do and what they sensed was because of Daniel's preferred status that he might become the supreme governor of it all. I find this really interesting because if if Daniel is a metaphor for the end time church as we're viewing it from this particular lens, then what really what we're seeing is is a type of of the integrity of the true body of Christ. So we don't necessarily need to get too bogged down in the weeds of uh, of the political and the bureaucratic, only to point it out that that's what we're going to see, and that ultimately what it's designed to do. Is, is to is to remove the last vestiges of integrity and character from the previous administration or government or whatever you want to call it. This is all taking place in the capital city, by the way, and it's concerning the kingdom. What we see that it exposes is their own lack of moral character, right? Because you know what this is about, brothers? This is really about power sharing power and cutting deals and 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 subjugating uh you know uh, uh you know people under them to to do their bidding that's what's meant in verse 2 can you read verse 2 Jeremy I forgot to read that yes and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first that the princess might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage the issue here is is finances and economy. See, uh, that's what it means to, to give accounts to them. You know, uh, you know the treasuries and the taxes and and just the everyday running of the provinces and you know and and the and the cities in, in, in the whole kingdom. These three men, the presidents, they call them Daniel and the other two. Uh, the kingdom have been divided into thirds, but what we see here is two thirds majority coming against the one third which is Daniel. And 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 really what they were responsible for was was ensuring that there would be no lack as it came uh you know for the kingdom. But they knew that Daniel uh had a, was preferred because of his excellence. And so that's what they moved to remove 
from the structure. They want to corrupt it. They want to be in power. They want to be in in control. And so what they do in verse 4, like we just read, is they seek to find an occasion against Daniel. The first thing they do is to weak is to try to weaken him is to begin to examine his personal character. Does he take bribes? Does he have a little affair on the side? I mean, is he, you know, does he have some shell company out there in the provinces of Babylon where he's funneling all his money? I mean, that's 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 really what's going on here. All right. Are you gonna say something, brother? No, no, go ahead, brother. I just thought that was good. Yeah, and it, and it's it's all about it's really exposing their character. See, that's what we're seeing as we're closing out 2020, just how corrupt things really are. And the new, uh, the, the reset and, and, and the new power that's attempting to take control. Remember, they don't have this country's best interest at heart. They're globalists. Whether you want to talk about Susan Rice or you want to talk about John Kerry or you want to talk about that corrupt, you know, Manchurian candidate called Joe Biden and his drug sex addicted son who's cut de- I mean all these people are beholden to global powers those of you who remember the famous video of Biden sitting in the Council of Foreign Relations which is a globalist entity bragging about how he refused to give a billion dollars to the president of Ukraine to help his impoverished country if he didn't remove a a a a a, a, a district attorney or an attorney uh, that was investigating Burisma, that famous corrupt com- company that had all the government contracts for energy in Ukraine, because his son, Hunter Biden, was sitting on the board. And so he's over there bragging on that famous clip. You can Google it, Biden, Biden uh, Council of Foreign Relations in Ukraine, and you'll see him brag about how he told the president, you either, uh, the president of Ukraine, you either fire this guy and and put somebody in there that'll be favorable to the Burisma company, which his son was sitting on the board to the tune of some people say as much as $100,000 a month, even though he had absolutely no experience in, in energy and didn't speak the language. These people are bought and paid for. They they view the entire planet as their own candy store. And, and, and they have hooked up with each other over the years and created a global cabal, if you will, where they're all – you know, washing each other's hands. And so what you're actually witnessing in the United States is that attempt. The people that are transitioning, they're not going to have the U.S. Uh, at their heart. They want to diminish it so it can be absorbed into the global collective. And like these two presidents, what they're going to do is move quickly to find out who's corrupt and who's not, because the corrupt ones are a danger to them. And that's why they moved against Daniel in this story. He's from before. And now he's threatening their position by the very fact that he has an excellent spirit and he can't be corrupted. Well, how does that have anything to do with us? Go ahead, brother. What are you saying? You were talking about the uh, uh, the elite and their houses, right? The, the Clintons, the Bidens, and you go down the list of, of, of corrupt elite millionaires. I mean, you had Bernie Sanders preaching socialism, and he's a millionaire with, with three homes. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're, out <for> one. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> They're out for one thing. 
you know, David, uh, I think it was David that wrote Psalms 49, and we spoke about this before, had those kind of people in his day, in that spirit. Uh, he said yeah. this concerning them, 29.11, their inward thought is, notice, we get inside the mind of these these people and their, and their lust for greed and power and money, you know. They don't care about the working class. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're a means to an end. They're globalists. The mm-hmm. They're not American. Their home is the whole world. They think they can sit on top of it. Incredible. They they see the globe as their playground, as their zip code, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Their inward yeah. thought is that their houses shall continue forever. And their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. And this, wow. and this, and, this, and you know, lands today, we would call them uh, their their uh, their their uh, fundraising organizations or charity organizations named after their own names. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And thought about it that way, but that's a good point. Yeah, whether it's the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Gates Foundation, go down the list, right? <laughs> Correct. The, the Clinton Foundation, you name it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Biden even has his own foundation. <laughs> Incredible. It is, brother. And that's what we're seeing here. So I think that's what the Lord is revealing to us, is, is we're already seeing the level of corruption is well beyond anything we've ever possibly even considered. It's all being brought to light. And what makes it so outrageous is that, in essence, from the top highest court to our political uh, legislative body to 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 even uh, the the inner workings of the executive branch, you know, the everyday nuts and bolts bureaucracy there, down to the to the to the you know to the local city council, man, in every state across the nation, it is those of you who are paying attention. Uh, you know as well as we do, what we are being shown is is absolute thorough corruption. And I think that God has allowed that to come to light for many and, and, and varying reasons. But in our case, what we want to know is, okay, uh, how are we going? What are we going to see going forward, which we're already discussing, and and how are we going to act in the midst of it? Because Daniel is a perfect example. So what we see here in verse 4 is they move against him. Are you with us or against us, right? But what they saw in him was that he had an excellent spirit, and we can't have that, right? We, we, we've we reached the age where anything good is bad, and anything bad is being embraced as good. But what we're seeing here is at a high level, immediately when the transition of power has taken place, they move first. They seek out Daniel. I don't know if you want to put it in. You know these presidents and princes. They're like the congressmen and the senators of our day, right? They're like the legislators and all the corrupt politicians of our day. But seeking to find occasion, I really felt like the Holy Spirit told me this. You know, if we brought it up to our day, what did they do as a pretext? Because that's literally what it means to find occasion. They were looking for a pretext, any kind of weakness, any kind of moral failure uh they searched his social media you know <laughs> they looked at his personal life 
they uh, they went to the tech heads and said, pull up his file, because believe it or not, brothers and sisters, we all got a file now. Any text you've ever sent, any phone call you've ever made, any Google search you've ever done, it's all been quantified, categorized, and placed directly over your IP address. Every phone call you've ever made, everything you've ever purchased in the last 20 years, it's all been categorized. And you know why they're doing that? You know why the Antichrist spirit is doing that? You know why the devil is doing that? For these kinds of times. Because what he's going to do ultimately, and you mark my words, he's going to break these files out. And he's going to say to you, whoever you may be, uh, ah, look what you did on such and such day. What are you doing searching for this? I heard this conversation. They'll be able to play it back to you. But check this out. When they searched Daniel, they couldn't find a thing. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah for Daniel. <laughs> I'm making a lot of people nervous, aren't I? So, <laughs> so, so what did they say? What did they come to the conclusion of? Verse 5. Brother Jeremy, can you read that? Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Credible. You know, Daniel is a type of the true church in these times. And this is what's going to, to, to really begin to, to come to the forefront. He's a metaphor for Christ, too, and his church. You know, this is, Daniel, and there's many ways we could look at this, but we're talking about us today as the Holy Spirit has given it to us. How is the church going to be? What are we going to see? What are we supposed to be looking for uh, going forward, which we're already discussing? <laughs> but if the Lord allows, we'll talk about tomorrow how he is a perfect type of Christ and, and, and what Christ did for us. But, but, but in this sense, as we see the transition of global power, look, to, look for the things we're already talking about. They will move in an aggressive manage, uh, manner to reset the kingdom and how it's run. Then they will set about to seek out those that can't be compromised and eliminate them because they're a threat to the agenda. And, 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 and the happy days are here again kind of mentality. We, you know, the coffers are now open, man. The money is flowing. I mean, everybody's slapping each other on the back. This is the greatest uh, theft in the history of the planet is taking place right now. Did you did you notice how early on in about, you know, three three months into this or several weeks into this, how the United States passed a three trillion, not billion or million, but trillion dollar stimulus package? Do you know that, that and isn't it interesting how, how the, the small business owner was saying, man, I never got any help and the poor people, you know, all I got was a check for 600 bucks. But but the Amazons and Walmarts and the major airlines and banking houses <laughs> are even richer. <laughs> right, now, they ain't hurting. They got trillions of dollars. It's the biggest biggest scam that's ever. Man, I tell you what, if I was still in the world, I'd be going. My God, I got to get with them boys because they sure know how to pull off a heist, brother. I'm telling you, incredible. <laughs> Lord have mercy. These people are thoroughly corrupt and evil. Remember what the Bible says, the love of money, right? It's the root of all evil. So so verse 5, this is, this is really where it's at, and this is the spirit of Antichrist here. 
then said these men, we can't find anything against this Daniel. And so uh, their conclusion was, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You know, one thing they understood (laughs) was that Daniel in the final analysis, right, he holds to a higher law than the law of the global state. They said, except we find it. Understand what we have revealed here by that statement is they are looking for a way. Once they assume power and once they take full control of the system. Now, remember, this Darius, he only ruled for one year. So what we're being told by that is what's coming is going to come quickly. And what they're doing is looking for a way. That's what they said, except we can find a way. Except we can find a way. Understand, they will find a way. See, that's what the book of Revelation tells us is going to happen. It's it's not in the future, brothers and sisters, the far-flung future we're talking about. It could very well possibly be just a couple weeks away that we see this acceleration. We're already seeing that it's almost impossible to fight against it anymore. No matter what they have tried to do, even when they're bringing righteous cases. Do you know there's over 2,000 people in six of battleground states that they talk about that have sworn affidavits under the penalty of law. They could all go to prison for lying to the court system. 2,000 witnesses that say they witnessed blatant and absolutely corrupt uh, behavior in this election. And, and every court, every process, every state house, including the media who's touting this baseless case, right, Every single one of them is not even allowing these people to be heard where it really matters, where power can be exercised if we lived in a righteous time that could expose this facade and pull down this darkness that has so saturated this country from New York to L.A., from Portland to Miami, man, and everything in between. They assume power. And they begin to seek for a way. And and that's exactly what we need to be looking for. They're already doing it. The whole last four years was basically, in my opinion now, it was a wrench thrown into the whole system. It was a time and an opportunity for the church to repent. Don't you think, brothers? Yes. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know <laughs> we... we it, it, from when we first started in the, doing the podcast, we, you know, we were treading terrains that are very touchy for certain people, you know, because we are Christian. So I guess by uh, by association of the of the Christian Church with the Republican Party, most think we're Republican, naturally, right? Or or that we're for Republicans and against Democrats. So we were in a situation where you know, we have to come to the people strictly with the word of God, not choosing a side and just observing both sides, right? The left and the right politically Um, and not to be political, but because we know that politics is involved in regards to prophecy when it comes to prophecy, as we're seeing here, 
right, in, in the book yeah. of Daniel. So we begin to pay attention to statements that both sides were were saying. And we were like, wait a minute, you know, we begin to see who was lining up with who. We begin to see mm-hmm. this administration lining up with false prophets, and we're like, that's a red flag. That's a no-no. Exactly. These mm-hmm. are proven false prophets, and they prove it even more after the, the, yeah. you know, the doors were open to the White House. And, of course, we know the liberal agenda, the globalists, uh, it's in plain sight. They're no longer hiding what they're telling you. They're exact. They're telling you exactly what they're telling you. But you know, there there are key statements that we pay attention to. One of them was of of uh, President Trump, who you said it was like a wrench thrown into the whole agenda. Yeah. He said this. He said this. Uh, I don't know if you remember. He says, he says, I knew that there was a swamp, but I didn't know how deep it went. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. True. So, yeah. so which tells us he had no clue how mm-hmm. deep it went and, and the activity behind the scenes of these people. Now, I would I would throw in there both left and right. Absolutely. And behind pulpits. And and that's ultimately what it's all about. That's really yeah. our business. That's what we're here to tell you that the judgment mm-hmm. of God is imminent with the world. It, it's coming. But it starts first in the house of God. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's the scripture. It must. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it must begin at the house of God, he said. So, so in essence, Daniel was just that. It threw a wrench into the whole... Uh, global reset there and these guys lining up themselves to fill their pockets. So they're all shady. So they need to make sure that everybody that's in power is shady. Yes, sir. Across the whole kingdom. Across the whole kingdom. Cause it's, it's a global thing. Like we're talking about, it wasn't just a region, yeah. you know, or, or a certain spot in, in the globe. No, it was, it was a global thing. And Daniel stood in the middle of it. Think about that. That's so powerful. It is. So powerful. It is. Yeah. And and, and you think about it, you know, uh, because it, from from the perspective of Daniel as in time church, that is that is that is that is ultimately what what it's all about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is 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 Satan's move at this point? We've already seen it around the world. One of the greatest tragedies of the American church, and, and especially the church that has given given way to total compromise and, and, and absolute slumber when it comes to understanding the, the what's actually happening, is that they have assumed, maybe not without not with by saying it, but by the way that that that, it, that they conduct themselves, that that America is like the whole world, like there is no other planet except for planet America. And they don't realize that our brothers and sisters have been suffering, being persecuted, being jailed, being killed uh, for the better part of a hundred years now uh, all over the world. And, and, you know, just like we, we talked about Corrie Ten Boom and, and the persecuted church in 1949 in China and how they were teaching them a pre-tribulation rapture back then. And Corrie Ten Boom qu- quoted with tears in her eyes, that pastor who said, Oh, that we had taught them and prepared them for what was really coming. 
We kept telling them that we were all going to be raptured, and then all of a sudden Mao Zedong rose up and, and destroyed the country and killed millions of believers and jailed them and, you know, tore down their churches, same thing they're doing now. Or go over to Africa, go over to the Middle East, Russia, India, North Korea, anywhere you want to pick in this world. But the American church has been uh, exempt from it. It has lived in such a luxurious, overfed, padded, pewed, air-conditioned experience that it has forgotten and become absolutely asleep to the condition of their brothers and sisters around the world. And now her own country, because she fell asleep, has been overrun by dark forces. And now she's trying to rouse herself, kind of like Samson. But remember, Samson put his lap in the, put his head in the lap of of that Jezebel, of that of that Jezebel spirit, of that Delilah spirit, right? She lulled him to sleep, and while he slept, she stole his anointing. And when the Philistines came to get him, and and he woke up from his sleep and realized he was surrounded. The Bible says he shook himself like he had always done, and he didn't know that the presence of God had left him. My, my. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's the separation that's taking place for this country right now. Because even now they're doubling down at very high levels in, in, the, in the Pentecostal charismatic media-driven establishment. They're all prophesying to each other. They're all still, you know, doing their Zoom calls and, and their outdoor meetings or whatever they're doing. And, 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 and it's so bizarre to me, brothers, and maybe you'd like to comment on this too, because even as we get closer, uh, and, and even though the handwriting is on the wall, it's as if we, we, we completely can't see it or choose not to in some, you know, some hyperbolic display of pseudo-faith, <laughs> you know, claiming it and naming it and declaring it. And it's as if their whole assessment of what the gospel is, is if Trump stays president. That's really what it comes down to. I don't get it. Can you comment on that a little? I mean, what, <laughs> to make sense of that to you, to me. Well, um, we, we see here a great example right here in what we're reading in chapter 6. The Bible says, uh, as we were reading in Daniel 6, that he, Darius, the first thing he did is that he said 120 princes, but three presidents. And it says that Daniel in verse 3 was preferred. Look at this, preferred above the presidents. Yet, in the long run, this did not prevent Daniel from being put into a lion's den. Right. Because of of the deep deception, and, and I, I don't want to I don't want to get ahead because I'm waiting for you to get to this verse. But you can <laughs> see the the level of deception, how these these presidents and, and you know when you get there I'll, I'll comment on it. But you know how they blitz, they blitz uh, with a tumultuous entrance yes. to uh, Darius again. Yeah, and, and, and I. I like to say we'll go there right now. Then, why don't you, why don't you, okay. yeah, read that to us in, in Daniel six verse six through nine, because that's where we're going next. Go ahead and read that. Okay, it says, "Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, 
and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the and Persians, which alter it not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. My mind. So go ahead and say what you're going to say. So there was just two things that, that, that just are popping out of me. Number one is, is their safety. And and the fact is that even though the Bible says that Daniel was preferred, that did not stop him from putting him in the lion's den as, as the people. And this is where the level of deception that we've been talking about, we can see in verse 6 that it says that the president and the princess, and we know that there was about at least 120 that we see, came to the king. And, 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 and that word assembled, it means uh, in a tumultuous way, which, uh, which means, you know, in a very um, loud, confused noise. That's, that's what it means. Yes. And, and then they use by saying all the presidents. That means we can see here that obviously Daniel is not in this group, but they use Daniel as if he was part of this decision that was made when they said all the presidents. So there, there's, that's one of the deceptions we see. The other thing, then they and then they say, look, the governors approve this, the princes, the counselors, the captains. We have consulted together to establish uh, uh, this this thing. So what we see here is that they put it, they came to King Darius in a way where King Darius did not have to think, well, have we consulted with Daniel? What does Daniel have to say? But they put it in a way as if all were in agreement, and then they had all these backing before, uh, behind them, right? Look at this. The mm-hmm. people are saying this. The captains, everybody's for this. Let's put this. Not knowing that this was put to specifically come against Daniel, right? We're talking about a Daniel as a type of the last day church. And yes. you see here that ultimately, even if Darius, even, this is just me saying it. Even if Trump gets another four years, as much as he has a relationship with Christians, what he doesn't understand is that there's people that are here and they will stop at nothing to come against the church. And we see that Darius fights against them to the night. Please don't do hmm. this. You know, this is Daniel. It could not stop it because it was the, the law of the Medes and the Persians. And in the end, we see that he, he is thrown in the lion's den. So what I was talking about is just the level of deception that we see here. And number two is, is there really safety if, if a certain president means? Well, the answer here, according to this example, there isn't. They made up their mind. They will not stop and so forth. That That's what I wanted to comment on that. That's good. Yeah, and that's exactly right because they they seek an occasion. They said we can't find it. And then they say, all right, the only way we're going to get at him is to create a law or laws that we know he can't he can't go against. 
because he serves something higher than the state. He serves something uh, that transcends his allegiance to global power. Uh, and, and we know, which is really a testimony, right? I mean, because <laughs> this is a new administration. These are the Medes and the Persians. They, 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 they've only been there for a few weeks, but they already know this Daniel is of a nature. <laughs> he ain't like us. Mm-hmm. He's different. See, the global reset is going to expose the real and the false. And, and, and the real is going to be quickly ascertained, as it was with Daniel. And so shall it be with, with the church of the living God in this hour. You said it well, Brother Jeremy. What they did, is, is, as you were reading there, is, is, is we see them crafting a law. And what's interesting about the law that they crafted is, is what they tell him in verse 7, that, that we want you to make a law. Uh, so that nobody can ask for anything from any god or pray to any other god except to you, king. And to put it in modern language, it, it, it is the way that it is uh, whenever power transitions. But this decree was an ego-driven thing, I think. It's a political move. It's a political move to destroy their their perceived enemy, which was Daniel. And how they went about it was to create a law that he couldn't cross the line over uh, because his allegiance to God. So what we can be looking for is an immediate move in the in the approaching days and things being crafted that that will begin to make it harder and harder to to just lay low. And and the ultimately the that the law is going to be of such a nature uh, that we that we have to break it because we serve a different kingdom. We obey the laws of the land, but if those laws supersede the law of Almighty God, then however it seems good to you, like Peter told the Pharisees, right, uh, whether you obey men or not, he says, we will obey God. And so we need to be wise in how we understand what's coming. Because that's what the book of Revelation reveals, right? Ultimately, Revelation 13, verse 11 through 18, is laws are crafted when the, when, the, when the system goes after the saints to make war against them. It says that they will be prevailed over precisely because a system is, is going to be set into place as it continues to grow and, and get teeth, because that's how Daniel sees it. <laughs> In his vision, it actually gets iron teeth and is able to devour much flesh. You know, as it grows and solidifies and, and settles in and becomes foundational to the next phase that's after this one, then what it's going to do is come against the saints of God. And and that's what it's designed it's, it's to a, do. It's a consolidation of, of faith and re- religion that would ultimately yeah. leave outside those that don't want to buy in um, oh, that's good. to to, mm-hmm. to that to that movement. Um, and like you said, it's going to be harder and harder to lay low. Um, so th- that's what it's really all about. It's right there. And you're right, yeah. brother. Because that, that's Think about ultimately it, what... Revel- no, go ahead. So that's ultimately what uh, Revelation 13 talks about. Right, it's 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 a it's a beast worship, 
it's centered yes. around worship, you know. But but to get there, you know, it had there has to be an economical global reset, um, which we're already seeing. We're we're seeing this 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 whole global reset with universal health care, where everybody in America is going to get free vaccines, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, right. so it's all working its way up there. But here we see their true intent, right? So right. it. it, it uh, we, we're seeing the transition. You spoke about Babylon, right? Uh, who had the features of a lion and an eagle, eagle's wings, right? And we spoke about uh, how that represents uh, America, uh, and we, we believe that, that it's speaking about America, and then ultimately its, its, its power is, is stripped and, and, and it's left as a man with a heart, right? right. A man with a heart who stands in between this new transition. Uh, uh, of administration. Ultimately, the transition takes place. The Medo-Persians take over, and they are known for their laws that are not altered. Right. So are we in the middle of that? That's what we're putting nope. forth. Are yeah, we I think in the spiritual parallels taking place where there is just this one man <laughs> who's standing <laughs> against every leader in the, in yeah. the world? And this new administration, this new transition, this global reset represented by the Medo-Persians will come. The next step is is their ability to create laws, and they're going to push for that to ultimately bring to the to to light, you know, the true Christians, and and so forth and so on. And, you know, what we need to also pay attention to is that Daniel, uh, he's representative of all the children of the captivity. That same mm-hmm. law that came against Daniel was going to come against all the righteous Jews that were of, of the tribe of Judah, right? I mean, you had Nehemiah, you had Ezra, you had Mordecai, you had Esther. Go down the list. They were there, too. They were in the kingdom. And so this law applied to all of them. <laughs> Daniel standing as the representative and figurehead of all of them, but that's why we're talking to you about him representing an in-time church. But, Jeremy, you were going to say something before I get into this next point. Yeah, it was just very simple. And, and just to reiterate what we're saying, you know, the the law uh, or this royal statute that was presented to King Darius was, was not for a specific providence, right, out of the 120 princes, you know, well, this only applies to this providence. No. It was, as you said, for the whole world of that time. And again, yes. uh, rep, you know, that speaks to us of where we're heading. You know, there's laws here in the United States. They're different than the ones in another country, right? But mm-hmm. what we're speaking about is a global, a global law that would apply to every single land, uh, mm-hmm. country, nation in, in this world. So uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring that simple point out there. Yeah, and I, I mean, think look, if we want to... Go ahead. No, look ahead, at the Senate brother. race, the the heated Senate race in Georgia right now, right? Which is which is so vital, right, to the Senate. It is a Democratic pastor <laughs> who is pro-abortion. Uh-huh. And Marxist. If you don't, yeah, and Marxist. If you really if you really study where where you know his background, and this is what the new kind of Christianity will look like yes. when these laws begin to be implemented. Mm-hmm. 
which means if you're yeah. not lining up with that kind of Christianity, you're out of here. You're out of here. That's what that, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I think we do this so often that we just, I mean, that's heavy, right? So, listen, uh, yeah, and that's an excellent way, you know, because what you said earlier, too, was, was you know, what we see as a unifying principle here around worship, right? That's what you were just talking about, the new spirituality. You can be Christian, you can be Buddhist, you can be whatever, you know, as long as you adhere to the law that we were making, you come up underneath the ultimate authority of the state, you can do whatever you want. That's basically what we see in Revelation 13, right? We see one rising up out of the earth. He looks like a lamb, but he speaks as a dragon. This is, this is that, that, that empowering of the state by a spiritual component, but, the, the, but under, the, under, the, uh, under the heel, if you will, of global law. Another point to make here is the transition that's taking place is first going to be realized by law. You know, that, that, that's what's coming. It's the shifting yeah. of laws. Remember, it's the spirit of Antichrist, right? Daniel chapter 9, where he talks about he'll seek to change times and laws and customs. Mm -hmm. Is it any wonder that's what we're seeing right now? How are they trying to lock down the country during Thanksgiving and Christmas? If you have eyes to see, that's the spirit of Antichrist already moving. Because what they want to do is, is, is unhook you and I from anything that, 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 uh, that we've always known, and especially those two feasts that we celebrate here in this country. Thanksgiving was a day that set aside by Abraham Lincoln where we would all get together in our homes and thank God for the abundant bounty that he's given us the, the, the whole year throughout. It's our it's our version of the Feast of Tabernacles, really. But it's a time that we were setting aside to thank God. They didn't do that for Kwanzaa or, or whatever, right? Or for right. Ramadan. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do it for Ramadan. They did it for Thanksgiving. And now they're coming after, and they've already said it, right? They're shutting everything down for Christmas in many states. What are you saying, Brother Martin? I'm saying this is what, what our brothers are talking about right now. They're already changing times and laws. They've begun it because ultimately what they're going to do is strip it away. They don't want anything to do with this God of Daniel because it speaks yeah. of a higher authority. And like Brother Fernando, you were saying earlier, they want to be the only authority. We can't share this place with God. That's what they're saying. That's what the Antichrist is all about. That's what his children are all about. That's 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 what everybody's going to come up under. And so they start early on in his administration, Darius, right? Remember, he only ruled for a year. But what better way to solidify uh, unanimous consent, right, to the power uh, than a law that produces exclusive dependence on the government for one's needs, if you want to put it in modern day language, making you government dependent is what they were doing. And and at the same time, so crap. This is the serpent at work here, right? You know, it's it 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 it's 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 given to Darius as a pretext to show alliance and support of the government, right? You're the king. You're the dude. But it's really designed by the serpent to get after God's children. Another thing, brothers, that you mentioned that I thought was a good point was the Medes and the Persians. Brother Jeremy, you were talking about how that the king couldn't change his mind. 
uh, when it came to, to, to this law. What I find fascinating is, is how the Bible uh, calls it the law of the Medes and the Persians. So we have a divided power base. What's interesting is Darius is a Mede, and, and he's the only Mede who ruled the kingdom before the Persian Empire took full control of that kingdom. So we have an interim weak leader for a year. But when that year is over, he, he fades off into history, and it's fully controlled by the bear, right? The Medes and the Persians. So we already see when he takes power, he's divided. That's why they, they emphasize in verse 8, the Medes and the Persians. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. So in in essence, you could say it's the law of of <laughs> dare I say it? It's the law of, right. of of the Bidens and the 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 Klaus Schwabs. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you call them you call them Manchurian candidate. That's exactly what he it is. is. He is controlled by yeah. by by the uh, powers that be. But yeah. they need to give they need to give a pol- a political face to this movement that the people are accustomed to. I think forty years of that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's done yeah. nothing. Nothing, you know. But forty-seven. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You have the new new age political, uh, uh, you know, kind of people behind him. You know, the, the, the mm-hmm. far left, as they call them, the Demo- socialist. Dem- Democratic Socialists of America, right? Um, yes. The, the, and and and, and, and again, that's, that's that's just part of the show as well. But this this deeper thing is behind what's going on. But think about that. You know, uh, Darius reigned for one year. The only need. The only and one. And and then after that, all you hear about is the Persian Empire. The Persians, right? Now, now, if you if you have eyes to to see. Ears to hear what the spirit is saying. Could it be? We'll uh, soon see. And then, <laughs> and then what follows? What follows on the heels of the Persians? What was his name? Alexander the Great. That's right. A foreshadow of the Antichrist, the one that's coming. Mm-hmm. But but this is going to happen quickly. Remember, because Daniel saw it in his vision in Daniel chapter seven that they followed and rose simultaneously out of the great sea. That's the difference. That's where many in the this is just for for theological people. Many in the theological communities have never understood it from that aspect. They they viewed it and interpreted it over a long period of time as history would unfold itself. But that's not how the vision was given to Daniel. He saw all four simultaneously rising up out of the sea and a, and a quick succession that gives way to this to the little horn, as he called him, that Antichrist. And, and we know that Alexander, in, in the historical contents, uh, did come to pass just as he saw it. But in the context of the vision, which is why it's so interesting when you look at how the vision was interpreted by the angel Gabriel to him and what told him was that he, he completely bypasses the Persians and 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 the Babylonians, and he gets right to the heart of the matter in Daniel chapter seven, and goes right to the little horn. That's how we know that the vision is in time things. Not only that, but what what the angel himself told him 
was that it was for many days. It was this vision was for the for the end, the the fourth kingdom, and it, it all unfolds and was revealed to him in the seventh chapter. But that's for you more advanced Bible study students. So so what we see here then is a temporary king installed called Darius the Mede. He's weak. He's controlled by the political powers that be. They come, and through his ineptness, he doesn't even realize that really what this is designed to do is to destroy a whole class of people, the people of God, beginning with Daniel. And and, and this is a foreshadow of, of, the, of the tribulation, right? Because the penalty is so extreme, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, I did, yeah. so I didn't ask you for a loaf of bread, you know? Throw me in the lion's <laughs> den? Jeez, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's incredible. That's, it is. It's extreme. But that's the viciousness by which these these that we see in our times, they hate the church. Like you said, that that, that false preacher over there in Georgia is running for the Senate. Oh yeah, let's kill our babies. Let's enact a Venezuelan style socialism. On and on and on. And let's let's talk about this stuff. And, and couch it and phrase it in, 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 in distorted biblical terminology from the very pulpit where there once was a great man called Martin Luther King preaching there. I mean, this is insane, yeah. right? So, and think about the weight that that gives. Think about what that, that, that'll that do. Well, Reverend so-and-so says it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are just agitators, you know? You're, you're, you're deniers. You're whatever label they want to put on you, right? So we could talk about this for a long time, but in this case, it's a law designed to expose for the purposes of destroying the man of God and the church of God. Casting them into a lion's den is a foreshadow of the tribulation. We're right on the edges of these things, and it's going to happen quickly. And this is what we as the end-time church, in my opinion, in this country... We need to prepare for this and assume that it's just ahead of us. Laws were passed in the capital city of what once was Babylon, in our case, what once was <laughs> the USA as we once knew it. And you, and you can liken that to, in our time, the attempt, the radical attempt to uh, completely change our Constitution. Right? Yes, sir. It, it's, yes. This is where we're headed. You know, um, <laughs> the, the, we picked two new Supreme Court judges in this in, in this presidency term, right? Um, three. I think it was two, right? Three, right? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Um, how all this will fare out, we don't know. But it's not looking good. You know, no. <laughs> it is not looking good. You know, well, we just had all uh, we just had all three of those supposed conservative constitutionalists turn down a case presented to the Supreme Court over the weekend, representing twenty of the states, and and yeah. uh, and a hundred and sixty four congressmen, and they threw it out. They didn't even mm-hmm. want to hear the case. Incredible. Right, right. The only ones who the only ones who said they wanted to hear it was Clarence Thomas and Justice Alito. Alito. Yeah, but the yeah. three that, that Trump appointed, these conservative, everyone that the church was applauding over, they said, right. incredible. Very silent. <laughs> hmm. Yes. See that that's well, why that's why the, the the church the church is wrong in 
in us putting our our hope <coughs> in political candidates, and then we start uh, putting names on them. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, he, <laughs> he's this, is that. You know that that's the danger. And yeah. if if the church cannot wake up with these things, I don't know what will wake you up. You know, God is speaking, and 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 yeah, you're right. It's it's exposing. That's what this year has been. It's a year of exposing what's mm-hmm. really going on and how really God is seeing these things in this hour. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, and and you know, less there's some of you out there that think, well. I don't see how that can really happen. <laughs> have, have you forgotten what we've been talking about and what we've witnessed throughout our entire year, 2020? Uh, think about it, man. It began with a global pandemic. And now, again, like we've been talking about at length, we're witnessing a great struggle over America. The goal is to reset the whole world. And really, it's been in works for years. Let's see. They couldn't have done what they've done and are doing now if the church hadn't failed to be the church. That which makes manifest is light, right? Expose the unfruitful works of darkness. On and on. You're a city set on a hill. All of those men and add a bunch of... We failed as a collective body. We failed for decades, and 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 like we talked about Samson, right? While we, the church of the 21st century fell asleep in America, now they're waking up, and they realize we're powerless. We don't have any strength to overthrow this, and they continue to double down, and they continue to shake themselves like they used to before. But everything they're trying isn't working. I don't want horrible things to happen. Like we said, we got we got grandchildren. We got. I got daughters and son-in-laws and family of my uh, people I love, my brothers and sisters and I mean, who wants this? Nobody. Right. But we would be doing a disservice if we didn't say this is what we we think the scriptures is showing us. And and if it is the case, and we know it is, and if and and if it's just ahead, and we believe very much so that it is, then we need to prepare, and we need to be faithful just as brothers in the Lord to say, hey, prepare yourself for, for what's coming because it's already begun. And so, you know, <laughs> they're trying to, uh, to to reset these things. And there's still people out there that aren't convinced. But like Brother Fernando, you were mentioning how you felt, you know, when, when you, you you saw about the, all the vaccines that have suddenly been fl- flooded into the country. They're getting ready to vaccinate everybody, right? <clears throat> I, uh, you know, my news feed that I get every morning, I have two. I have, you know, I've, I've actually put a whole, a whole little network together where I know where to get credible news, uh, you know, following the trail in the underground media, so to speak. And and then I look at the national news that's automatically fed to me on my iPhone. And the first thing I saw today on my Apple, uh, my Apple uh, news feed was a picture of people stand supposedly, right, standing on the side of the road cheering a truck that was going by because they knew somehow that the truck had in it uh, vaccinations for the whole country. And they showed them all clapping and cheering and people crying. And that was, that was the headline, you know, American uh, euphoric uh, vaccinations are finally here. 
that's what they yeah. want you to think. It, it really freaked me out when I saw it. But unless you think that 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 this whole thing we're talking about passing laws and all that stuff, I want to I want to show you something here. Um, I got an article today from Sister Debbie. I actually saw it in my newsfeed this morning. I just didn't have time to read it, but I knew it was the Lord because uh, Sister Debbie got an article today from from Sister Cindy, Brother Fernando's wife, sent it to Sister Deb, and, and then I said, well, I guess the Lord wants me to read it because <laughs> she sent it to me. So check this out. Look what they're doing. I'm just going to read this to you. And this is in Israel. And you know what happens in Israel happens here. Listen, in a recent poll conducted by Channel 13, 23% of the Israelis will agree to be inoculated or vaccinated. 26% said they want to wait several months and see what happens. (laughs) 20% says they're going to wait for others to get vaccinated before they do. And 22% said, they flat out refuse to 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 get vaccinated. Now, the Ministry of Health doesn't like it. Says doesn't view these numbers favorably, and so they met together behind the scenes and they examined the possibility. Listen to this: the possibility of enacting a law that would require. Listen to the language: the public to be vaccinated against COVID-19 while preparing a program, listen to this, of procedural and legal incentives for the public who choose, who choose to be inoculated. So what they're actually saying is they're going to reward those who go along with the program. That's what they mean by legal and public incentives for those who choose to have the vaccination. They get rewarded, right? And then they said this, among the possible restrictions that could be imposed on those who refuse, notice the language, right, is is that they will be denied a certificate. Now they're talking about issuing certificates, right? They will be denied a certificate which enables them to freely move about society, and I was thinking about that when I was reading that this morning. I thought, well, what do they care if I get vaccinated or not? If they get vaccinated, then they can't get sick, right? So who cares if I get it or not? You get it, you don't have to worry about anything. But that's not what they're after. <laughs> so they'll be denied a certificate and from, from freely moving about. You won't be able to even take an airplane flight. You won't be able to enter any establishments, uh, cultural establishments, cinemas. You won't be able to stay at a hotel. Can't go to the gym. Uh, and if you want to go see your favorite ball club play, you can't go see them. No sporting events. And then listen to this. Additional restrictions restrictions are also going to be aimed, and listen to what they call us, at demoralizing the refusers. That's the label they're beginning to put on people. Whoever doesn't get this this globally mandated vaccine is going to be called a refuser. See, so they they want to demonize. That's what they did with Daniel, right? They demonized him. He ain't with the program. He's rejecting the law. He's standing up against this. Let's go after him. Like we got to you got to take him down. Demoralizing the refusers are being considered and, and I read the headline in today's paper, 
where it said the largest vaccine campaign in the history of America has begun. That's what that was the that was the headline today in in the local paper. And it says many who oppose taking the vaccine uh, will have their rights and freedoms, in particular their right to say no, will be will come under attack. This perceived assault on personal freedoms. Listen to this. It's not by direct decree, but rather it's by bureaucratic maneuvering. That's what we saw in Daniel, right? Bureaucratic maneuvering. See, the reason they <laughs> they call it that is this perceived assault on personal freedoms is not by direct decree, but by bureaucratic maneuvers, which are designed, listen, to make the lives of refusers, they use that term again, right? in the article the lives of refusers uh, uh to, to to make the lives of refusers whether on conscientious or religious grounds nearly impossible very hard are you hearing what they're saying here mm-hmm. and then it says this hospital staff will be the first to receive the Pfizer vaccine and they will likely not be given a choice if they want to keep their jobs, they got to take it. The slippery slope, listen to this. Since the state is now going to be allowed to invade the body of its citizens, the slippery slope will click quickly lead to a very dangerous place. Even the supporters of the new vaccine understand this, and they know that an attempt to force vaccines into law, listen to this, very, very wise here. Listen how they think. They know that an attempt to force vaccines into law will achieve the opposite result. In other words, they're worried about, okay, if we just make this blanket law, we'll have even a greater revolt because we're forcing people. So it'll achieve the opposite result, and it'll play into the hands of the refusers. There's the third time they say it. So that's why vaccine supporters are opting, listen to this, for bureaucratic coercion. That's political speak. That's global speak. What they mean by bureaucratic coercion is they want to create situations so that you can't participate in the most basic freedoms, shopping, going to church, banking. This is Daniel 6. This is what we're talking about. This is the laws they're making. See, rather than passing these overwhelming draconian laws up front, what they're going to do is create a bureaucratic coercion. That's global speak for saying, okay, you don't have to take the vaccine, uh, but we're not going to let you go to the grocery store unless you do. Uh, you can't come into this business establishment. You haven't been vaccinated. You can't uh, uh, pump gas because the virus is so virulent, you know, you, you might spread it somehow. The, gone are the days of just wearing masks. I mean, you have to have this certificate or you can't participate. You're going to be labeled a refuser. Let me tell you something. The pressure that's coming down, no one's going to escape it. No one's going to be able to escape what's happening. And so, <laughs> listen. And that's what that's Revelation, Revelation yeah. 13, 16 says. And he causeth all, both Excellent. long, great, yeah. rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in the forehead. It doesn't say he forces them to do it. 
He causes it. He pin- he pinches you. He makes you make the decision, but presents it at the as the better alternative. Yes. Creating a situation. Creating a a coercion. Right. That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. That's Revelation thirteen sixteen exactly, brother. Excellent point. Listen. That's why vaccine supporters are opting, rather than some immediately uh, iron-fisted law, into more of a bureaucratic coercion. For parents who have not, for parents who have refused or not vaccinated their children, there will be no kindergarten to send them to in the morning, and they'll be not able to go to work because everyone at the office has certificates and has been vaccinated, except for you. Because you're a refuser. So now you won't be able to earn a living. And on and on. Thus, the article goes on to say, through through bureaucracy, which is more dictatorial than any law they could pass. This is the serpent who does this kind of stuff. Like you just quoted, Brother Bernardo. They're going to cause us to come up under a system when it's in a full flight that will be impossible uh, to to uh, to not participate in. That's what they're trying to do. So it's a dictat. It's more dictatorial than any law. The proponents of the vaccine hope to impose it on the entire global population, from country to country. <laughs> Our health is is being trifled with. Yet the trends that follow us from the inception of the pandemic are increasingly alarming. This one person writes here. He says what they're after and what this is going to entail is is the complete banning of worship and prayer at our synagogues and churches, the tracking of our phones, the lockdowns, but specifically on biblical feasts like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Rosh Hashanah, the list goes on. All of this allegedly for the sake of the safety of the citizens, while at the same time, like you were saying earlier, brother, the politicians who impose it on us fail to follow their own recommendations. They don't even obey their own laws because they're the elite, right? (laughs) Don't tell me this can't happen. It's already happening. That's what we learned from Daniel 6. That's what we're seeing. The same thing has begun. Have you tried to go to the store lately? You got to put on a mask, right? They've already conditioned you mentally over the last year. What were you going to say, brother? No, just just soaking it all in, brother. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah... Uh, gives us a woe, and, and I think it applies of, of the condition and, and what we are choosing to believe. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and mm-hmm. good evil. And and this is a uh, touch right here. It says, That put darkness for light and light for dark, darkness. What a stern warning. And then he finishes off saying that put bitter for sweet and sweet sweet for bitter. Isaiah said that, you know, evil good, good evil, they put darkness for light and light yeah. for darkness. Woe unto them. And remember when they uh they they 
like like we were reading in this article, this came from the Is- Israel Today, Israel Times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what they're intending to do globally. It's what they're t- intending to do here in, in the United States. Trust yeah. me. They're, they're not going to allow you to go to work, send your children to school, participate in daycare, go to a restaurant. I mean, that's low on the list, but I mean, I'm just giving you some examples. Go to the bank. You know, every everything, uh, and because you become, as they label us, refusers, should you not want to have this vaccine that normally takes 10 years, by the way, to formulate a, an effective vaccine, they've done it in less than nine months. You think that's safe? <laughs> who knows? And who knows if they give vaccines to these Hollywood stars and, you know, all these high profile people, how do we know they're really being vaccinated? Because the science tells us that, you know, some of these things are pretty questionable. Who's to say they're not just injecting them with water in order to give us the impression that they're actually taking a vaccine and they don't get sick? Who knows? All I'm saying is we're dealing with the serpent here. We're dealing with the spirit of Antichrist. (laughs) This is heavy, I know. (laughs) You know, I read an article that in in the U.S. they are planning to, to at least uh, by March of 2021, have given this vaccine to at least a hundred million people. Now that's that's pretty much one third of, yeah. of how many people live. I think in 2019, the last time there was about a total of 328 million people living here. But think about that: about one third. That's what they're saying they're intending to do by 2021, March, to have at least a hundred million people vaccinated. Yeah, and that's, that's not that's some aggressive. little that's not that's not some little local newspaper you read that from, right? No. What was it? Oh. This is I'm trying to find the article here. Oh, yeah, that was I the New it. York Times, brother. Yes. Right? Yes it was. <laughs> yes it was. <laughs> it was the New York Times. So these aren't little you know, a little rag sheet on the corner they sell for a dime and these are the elite media. They're all preaching this stuff. My son-in-law had a conversation with his parents who live in Scotland yesterday. He he, he talks to them by Skype every every week uh, after church who we have here at our house. And they were telling him, what's what's going on with your president? Why is he so crazy? And he's like, what are you talking about? He says he he refuses to to leave office and he's you know creating civil war and you know he lost the election and 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 Andrew, I'm sorry Andrew, <laughs> got mad and said, hey. What are you talking about? You know, and he laid out the case for saying this is what's actually happening. She goes, and they told him, we haven't heard anything like that over here. Now, let me ask Ooh. you something. That's that's global. That's 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 thousands of miles from here, and that's the narrative going on throughout Europe. President's crazy. Uh, you know, his his supporters are crazy. They're they're trying to start a civil war. That's what they're hearing. This is global, people. Um, Brother, Brother Marty, in, in Scotland itself, uh, they are moving and creating this new hate crime bill where where even the possession of the Bible could become an offense in Scotland. It's already That's happened. Right. Mm-hmm. About the, about, this is the Bible, the Word of God, considered to be hate speech and, yes. and, and, and so forth. That's communist China, isn't it? This is yes, the dragon. Is. This is the dragon. They worship the dragon that gives power to the beast. The beast is old Europe. It's risen. 
and the dragon gives it its power. They're in cahoots. There's only one thing remaining, and they've just about got their hands on it, don't they? Only God can intervene now and change the tide. But you might be saying, oh, well, think about what the AOC and all them people, what they were saying. All the Congress people, we want to create truth commissions, right? They want to come after their political enemies, anybody who voted for the president. They want to put us in re-education camps. You think I'm crazy? Just do a Google search. These are high-profile people saying this, university professors, congressmen, senators, that crazy witch from uh, – from sorry, from Michigan, the state representative that, that did a Facebook post live the other day threatening Christians, threatening Trump supporters, threatening anyone who voted against their agenda, calling on the soldiers, she said, to, to take them out. That's what she said. And you know how and she says, You know how to do it. That's what this is a congressperson saying this. So they're coming, right? They want to impose these quarantines <laughs> for refusers. You know, if you refuse, like in New Zealand, the prime minister over there, they put people in re-education camps uh, in quarantine by force. They're doing it right now who refuse to take this vaccine. They've already got them set up. You're scaring me. Good. <laughs> we got to wake up here, church. I ain't going to listen to you guys anymore. Well, we're going to pray for you anyway. And you'll be back. You'll be back. Once you get to, once you go back to listening to those crazy messages that we've all been listening to for the last 20 years, you're going to realize if you've been around us long enough, my God, my pastor hasn't said anything today. Listen, <laughs> I better be quiet here. All right, so, so what do we do? Well, first remember, you know, we're not alone, man. That's what the, remember what Gabriel told, uh, told Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 and 11? 10 verse 21 and, and verse verse 11 that Michael began to come and fight for Daniel. He called him his prince, his own personal angel, right? And and, and Gabriel came to help him during this time. But I love the way Daniel responded. Could you read that in verse 10, brother Jeremy? Yeah. Verse 10 of chapter 6, right? <clears throat> mhm. You ask me what do we do? This is what yeah. we do. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. My, my. What do we do? Do what Daniel did. It says, when he knew... Not only that he knew, when he knew that it was signed. I love that. <laughs> oh, glory to God, man. No, he didn't go marching out on the streets and all that, right? He went home, but they came looking for him there, didn't they? And he knew they would. And he wasn't hiding in the closet. He threw open them windows. And he turned towards Jerusalem. That's a type of our heavenly home. He set his sights on things above. He went to his house, he opened his windows when he knew they had signed this thing. He didn't run away in fear. He didn't try to be all up in their face. But they knew him anyway. And it's interesting that he's he's in his house, right? I mean, that that's a type to me of what's been going on this whole year. They forced the people in their house, but look at how he behaved. Once he knew it was signed, I love that. He prayed. But the thing that blew my mind, brother, 
is it says he prayed three times a day, but that didn't blow my mind. What blew my mind is it says he prayed and he gave thanks before his God. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he's, (laughs) you know, he's hours from the lion's den, bro. (laughs) Mm. And he's giving thanks. Thanks Mm. for what? (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, that's awesome, brother. Isn't there that old song that says hallelujah anyhow? Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, what we do know is Daniel well, didn't respond. Go ahead, brother. You know, Daniel wasn't no schmuck. He he wasn't reacting to what was happening. Uh-huh. We, you know, we we get the key of all of this in chapter one, where he says that he had purpose that's already in his mind. Yeah, no matter what true. happened, he was not going to defile himself with no. nothing that Babylon had to offer. And uh, that's what we see, and that's what we need, a resolved mind. That mind has to be resolved now. <laughs> that wouldn't happen now, right. no matter what happens. By your grace, by your mercy, God, I will not bow down. You know, I will worship you. I will thank you. And that's what we see in Daniel, the character, his, his character, a young man who already had resolved in his mind that he would not be defiled. Praise God. And it transcended through his whole life. He's about eighty years old here now. Hallelujah, great God! You know, and 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 he's 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 a strong old man. You know, I mean, it's like, all right, you gonna do that? Fine. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna go marching down the streets and holding my banners or nothing. But I tell you what, I will do. Mm-hmm. And you know me. That's basically what he's saying. You know me. They knew him. They knew him. This is the president. He he's responsible for one third of the country. They all knew what he was like. And they knew that, that and they had to come find him at home, right? I mean, they, they knew what he'd be doing. But I love that, that he prayed and he gave thanks. He gave thanks to God up under this. This is incredible. He's not a man given to his position, right? Because if there was ever going to be a time right there, he first he wanted to, I love, I think that's why the Holy Spirit says it like that. It says he knew that they had signed the law. Then he he moved to totally break the law. I love that. Because what he was in essence saying was, I am crucified to this world and the world is crucified to me, right? (laughs) I don't care anymore. But also it shows whether he was the president of a third of the kingdom or not, it didn't matter to him. I mean, he was hanging on the position right there where it was told us in verse 2 or 3 where it said the the king was going to put him over the whole world. He relinquished the whole world. It's, yeah. it, this is Jesus right here, man. This is Jesus. Right? Yeah. He said, and oh, what did he yeah. tell Satan, right, when he when he offered him the whole kingdom? Because that's what's happening right here. He's being offered the, all the kingdoms of the world. But instead, he rejected it and said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. yes. Said it about Moses, right? Yeah. <laughs> Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Of the reward. 
Brother, that's a powerful scripture because, see, that's what this is all about. This end-time generation, this glorious church, these children of the Most High God, it is the heat of the times that exposes the false from the true. But the true church of God is going to be like this. It already is. And, and many are on different levels of, of achievement within the things of the Spirit. But nonetheless, when the heat was turned up, what you really are is going to come out. And what you really hold to will be seen. In Daniel's case, he didn't respond in the way he did on a whim, man. <laughs> Trust me. Or some fake display of grandstanding for God, right? Like the false mm. prophets and the false preachers we've seen in 2020 in the in the United States blustering about, right? Prancing around like some backslidden rooster. That's what they are. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'd like to see them when they come to their house. They're probably not even praying. God, God help me. Listen, Daniel, thank God. The law had been signed. Then, in his house, listen, he did what he always did, right? He didn't change his behavior. He was what he was. You are what you are. I am what I am. But he did what he always did. He prayed three times a day. I mean, he was just a man of prayer. He played three times a day like he has always done. That's what it means that he did this a four time. And... and <laughs> It, it, it was almost like he was saying, if they come, then let them come. <laughs> I'm going to get all riled up here, man. I tell you what. <laughs> Sounds like a movie. Yeah. A it reminds movie. me of that, my favorite line in that movie where he says, uh, if this is to be our end, then let it be such an end as to be worthy of remembrance. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. This is Daniel. Glory to God. Like, come, let him come. He knew. My he knew mind. the lion's den was more than likely ahead of him, but it didn't matter. Remember, brothers, we already talked about it in Daniel 7 in the first year of Belshazzar. He saw the Ancient of Days before Darius the Mede became president. He saw the Ancient of Days back in the first year of Belshazzar. He saw the Son of Man destroy all the wicked kingdoms. The little horn, the Antichrist. He saw all that already. He saw the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. saw the Lord in Daniel chapter 7. He said, I saw the Lord give the kingdom and the dominion to the people of the saints of Almighty God. So I'm going to fling open these windows. He signed it? All right, let's start praying. I mean, in the third year in Daniel chapter 8, he saw the Lord destroy the wicked one without even having to lay a hand on him. By the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. That's what Paul said. No, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's not going to be the compromised. It's not going to be the worldly and faithless false preachers and false church and their stupid prophets that, that make a stand in this hour. They're all going to scatter like roaches when the light's turned on. It's going to be the Daniels, like you brothers and sisters, you precious people out there. We get your texts. We get your emails. I've heard your testimonies. And you children out there, you young people, searching, you know the truth. It's going to be the real Daniels, those who have 
been tried in the furnace of our times. I'm telling you, it's going to be those virgins with oil. It's going to be the Caleb's who say, give me my mouth. <laughs> I'm preaching myself under the under the altar, brothers. I tell you what. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's going to be Apostle Paul who says, neither height nor depth nor principality nor powers nor life or death. Nothing is going to be able to separate me or you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you what, brother, every one is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let it sound wherever this little humble podcast goes throughout the world, across the world wide web. Let it be known. There's only one King. There's only one Lord. Hallelujah. And he's not a Democrat. He ain't a Republican, an independent, a libertarian, or a chairman Mao. He's the son of the living God, the only begotten of the Father, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the resurrected Lord of glory, and he's coming again, and you will give an account to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord. Oh, Lord, let us be found faithful. Hallelujah. Yes. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be found faithful in this hour. Church, yes. this is going to be our finest hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to... Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't know, Brother Marty. Yes, you do. You know him. And he's not going to leave you alone. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's going to strengthen you. Like Stephen, man, stones flying all around him. He said, I see Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. Glory to God. God. Paul says, I don't even know if I was in my body or out of my body. I was caught up into the third heaven. John said, I was on the aisle that is called Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I said, I heard a voice behind me saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Glory to God. Yes, the waters are getting rapid and troubled, but it's just for a, for an hour, Jesus said. And when it's done, when the smoke clears, brother, you'll be finding yourself in the air, in white, mounting your horses as you come back with the Lord Jesus Christ to put an end to all rebellion. And we will worship him forever and ever. This world is not my home. We are just a passing through. And brothers and sisters, if this is to be our end, (laughs) then let us go out singing the songs of Zion and declaring to this ungodly world, your days are weighed in the balance you've been found wanting, and your kingdoms are coming down. Hallelujah to the Lamb. The Lord sits in the heaven and laughs at his enemies. Jesus is Lord. Even so, (laughs) come quickly, Lord, is my prayer. Hallelujah. Somebody help me. I can't keep going. I'll, I'll just break down here like a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> as, the, as the song says, just a few more weary days, and then I'll fly away. Away. To a home where God celestial shore, I'll fly away. <laughs> oh, come, Lord. Oh, come, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes. Glory you know, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm reminded of uh, 
actually this this whole week I, the Lord just impressed in my heart the uh the magi the three wise men who set off on their journey following that star that the Bible says was before them they were yeah looking yeah. at that at that star Jupiter right yes, they followed it and uh tradition tells us that these were descendants of the wow. Magi whom, <laughs> whom Daniel was uh, over, right? The Bible says that he was over the governors and the wise men yeah. um, after he interpreted the king's dream. And they were heading to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> they they yeah. were heading towards Jerusalem, and and <laughs> there stood a demon-possessed man by the name of King Herod. Yeah. And the star said to that king that the true king had come. And that's exactly what the gospel is saying to everyone today. See, everyone in their own mind thinks they're king. But there's only one true king, and that's Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ wants to come into your heart, but you have allow you have to allow him to be the king over your life. Yes, Lord. Because the truth of the matter is, if we say no to him and reject him, there is no other hope. This king went about trying to kill him. Think about it now. That's the only alternative. That's the spirit that will come over you. When you reject Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's exactly what we are seeing happening throughout the land. There are those who are rejecting Jesus Christ and there are those who are seeking to kill him. And those who follow him. But those who have accepted him as Lord and Savior have seen the light. And have understood and believed that he is the true king. And that he loves us. For the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, the king of kings, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And it is the goodness of God, the word of God says, that leads man to repentance. We serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God who's on our side. And when Daniel Daniel hit his knees to pray, he understood that. That although decrees were being passed by kings, leaders, and governors, there was one true king of kings and lord of lords, the fairest of 10,000, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Lord. How do you finish right a podcast like this? <laughs> you know, there's nothing more beautiful than the presence of God. And, Amen. Um, what you what you sense right now uh, to our listeners, what what you're sensing is the presence of God. That's the medicine. That's the answer. That's what we need in this hour. His presence. Amen. And we. We pray that you've been blessed. Well, that goes without saying. 
But uh, we pray that you've been blessed and that you join us tomorrow as we continue to glean from the book of Daniel. There's so much more this week that God is going to reveal to us. Yeah. Continue to prepare your heart as God is going to continually speak to us. Meanwhile, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up.